0: we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Let's take our Bibles this evening and go with me to the Gospel according to Matthew Matthew chapter number 6, Matthew chapter number 6, and uh, we will read a a very familiar passage of Scripture to us found in verse number 33, Matthew chapter number 6, and verse number 33. We'll read verse 33 and also verse number 34 this evening. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Notice the phrase we find in verse number 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and we pray that through your word and by your spirit that you would direct us uh, to understand the words of Christ as he taught his disciples and those who were gathered uh, to seek first the kingdom of God. And I pray that you would help us and give us understanding concerning the meaning of this passage and how that we may seek you first. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are two important questions that arise from this passage. The first one is, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness? What does it mean to seek him? I think that Our primary interest in life should be to seek after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is what the Lord is saying. The goal of our lives, the passion of our lives, the purpose for our lives as believers, those who know the Lord Jesus, is that we would seek him, that we would seek his kingdom, to seek God means that we, first of all, believe on him. If you are going to seek God, you must know him as your savior. You must believe on him. You must follow him. You must obey him. And you must be willing to dedicate your life in service to him. In order to seek God's kingdom, then we must be willing not only to seek him, but to submit to his rule, to surrender our lives to his will and to his authority. Who is in control of your life? Who is in charge? Who makes the decisions? When you rise from your bed in the morning and you set out for the day with goals in mind and and thoughts and ideas and appointments scheduled and meetings to take place and all the things that need to be done, who makes the decisions in your life with your finances, with your time? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you submitting your life to him? In Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul beseeches us that we would present our bodies as a living sacrifice, that we would live lives that are holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We are to present our bodies, our life as a living sacrifice unto him. That means he has control of our energy and our time and our resources. That means we give our life to him and we submit to his rule. We allow the Holy Spirit and the word of God to have the authority in our lives and to lead us. We're also told in those verses, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The reason that is necessary is because in our natural mind, we don't think that way. In our natural mind, we might say something like this, nobody can tell me what to do. It's my life and I won't—I don't want anybody telling me what I need to do. You see, that's the life of and the thinking of the natural man and that's why the Lord tells us in order for us to do this, we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We must have our mind reprogrammed and it is reprogrammed through the work of the Holy Ghost in us and the work of the Word of God. As we begin then to think like Christ and our mind is renewed, we prove with our lives, that means we demonstrate in our actions and our deeds and our attitudes what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The second question that we Uh, deal with as we think of this command to seek you first the kingdom of God. Not only what does it mean to seek him, but how is it that we're to seek him? If I am to seek him first, if he is to be the priority of my life, if his kingdom, his business, his rule is is to be uh, the goal and purpose of my life and I am to yield my life to him, then how do I seek him? Well, that's What we're dealing with in this sixth chapter. And I want to give you three thoughts concerning that. Number one, seek him sincerely. Seek him sincerely. Uh, We read in verses 1 through 18 as the Lord speaks about the question of our motive what is it that motivates us? Even in our service to the Lord, we can have the wrong motives, we can have self serving motives. We may want the recognition of men and their acknowledgement. We may desire applause and approval. We may desire positions of influence and power that that feed the the urge of the flesh to be important, to be significant. Uh, We may seek to serve the Lord because... Uh, We believe that there's some way in which we will benefit and enrich ourselves. And so the Lord here deals with our motive. And we find that we're to seek the Lord and we're to seek him sincerely. Now, he gives us three areas here. First of all, in the area of our giving. Verse 1, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Uh, Alms is referring to their giving. Otherwise, he says, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let, thy, uh, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. He's speaking of the giving act of their devotion, their worship to the Lord, this act of giving, bringing alms, uh, paying the tithe, uh, bringing in gifts to give to the Lord into the treasury of the Lord. And as they did so, he's bringing attention to those people that those Jews would have commonly known uh, were people who wanted everyone to know what they were giving, The reason they wanted people to know what they were giving is because uh, they wanted the acknowledgement and the applause of men. And the Lord says they have their reward. In other words, their reward is limited to this, people think well of them. But the Bible tells us that we should strive for a far greater reward Verse 3, but when thou doest alms, let not the left hand or thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. Imagine this crowd going forward, blowing a trumpet before them, <laughs> wanting everybody to know their giving. And God says they have their reward, but if you want your reward, Just go about your business discreetly. You don't have to publish it. You just do it. And God, who sees in secret, shall reward you openly. This speaks of our motive. In verses 5 and 6, he deals with the subject of prayer. Would you look there with me, please? Prayer is another act of devotion and fellowship and communion with God. It is a part of our worship. He said, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. Well, where are they going to be seen? Well, they're going to be seen in the synagogue. They're going to be seen in the corners of the streets. So their goal, therefore, the Lord speaks of in verse 5, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What a a short-lived reward it is. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. You see, the motive is to, the right motive is to honor God, to commune with him because he is worthy. The motive in question here is the motive of men who serve God to be seen, to be recognized, to to have position Or to have some power. Uh, We see uh, thirdly in verses 16 through 18, uh, we deal with the subject of fasting. This is another area of devotion. Verse 16 Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. They wanted everybody to know that they were fulfilling their responsibility to seek God through fasting. And so they made themselves appear Uh, sort of mournful and and pitiful and frail and gaunt as if to say, look at me, I am fasting. Again, this deals with the question of their motive. Their, their, Their idea was to be seen of men. And this is a temptation that we all face in expressing our devotion to the Lord. You think about those who sing in the choir or play instruments or who are asked to do special music or offertories. What is our motive? If it is simply to be seen of men, well, we have our reward. But if our motive is to serve Christ with the abilities and the talents that he has given to us, then we sing. Not for self, but for the glory of God. And there's a great temptation that preachers have and that all of God's servants have have it's a temptation that all of us face that we would do something in order to get something and so the lord here is dealing with a question of our motive it's an age-old question in fact it's one that was asked in job chapter one when the lord came before or when satan rather came before the lord and uh, the lord said to satan where have you been and the devil said from going to and fro in the earth in Job chapter 1 and verse 7 in verse 8 the Bible says and the Lord said unto Satan hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth a perfect and an upright man one that feareth God and escheweth evil and then Satan answered the Lord and said "Doth Job fear God for naught? hast thou not made a hedge about him what is Satan doing he is questioning the motive of Job right In other words, why wouldn't he serve you? Why wouldn't he fear you? Why wouldn't he worship you? You are taking care of him. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he has is in thy power only upon himself. Put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And we know that in one moment everything changed. In Job chapter 1 and verse 20, the Bible says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, when Job had everything removed, he still recognized that God was worthy. What was Job's motive in service? It wasn't his goods. It wasn't his comfort. It wasn't that everything was going well in his life. It was that God was worthy. And we will be tested. We will suffer difficulty and loss. And that loss and that difficulty, and, 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 and we will be inconvenienced. All of those things are mechanisms to reveal to us how sincere we are in the matter of our service and devotion to to the Lord seek him sincerely number two seek him supremely that means above all look in verse 19 lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You see, that's the age-old struggle, is it not? Who will we serve? Will we serve the Lord Jesus or will we serve self? Will we serve the Lord Jesus or will we serve this world? Will we serve Christ or will we serve Satan? No man can serve two masters. So therefore we are to seek him supremely above all things. Our treasures then are not the things of this earth, but they are the things that are eternal in the heavens. And those treasures cannot be lost. And our treasure reveals what is important to us, what is in the heart. And so may God help us to seek him above all. And so the question comes to us, will we seek God or will we seek goods? Will we seek God or will we seek goods? Uh, The Jews of that day were generally preoccupied with Things they wanted treasure, they wanted food. That's why they came to Jesus in John 6 saying, Evermore, give us this bread, drink, clothing, necessities. But an abundance of these things, by the way, those things not only preoccupied the minds of of the Jews in that day, they preoccupy the minds of Americans, do they not? An abundance of these things do not produce lasting joy. And so may God help us to understand this. So what should our primary interest be? It should be to seek after, to pursue the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That should be our supreme interest. To honor him, to glorify him, to seek him. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Are you willing to lose your life for Jesus? Are you willing to lose your life for Jesus? If so, you will find it. But if you want to hold on to your life, then you're going to keep what you think is important and lose what really is important. So may God help us seek him. Number one, sincerely. Number two, supremely. And then finally, surely. Look at verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? What is it that oftentimes keeps us from giving our all to Christ? We're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of what we might lose. We're afraid of what we might give up. We're afraid of what it may cost us. We're afraid that if we obey God, we're going to be left in some situation where we actually have to trust him. It's much safer for us in in our way of thinking now. In our way of thinking, it's much safer for us uh, to to weigh out the path and look at the pros and cons and, and having done our research then to make the best decision possible. But that's not the life of the Christian. Christ has called us to do what? To follow him. To follow him. And so he says in verse 25, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body that you shall put on. You see, there is a, there's a restriction. There is a, there is a bondage that, that holds and restrains us from serving God when we're encumbered about with all of these concerns that occupy our hearts and minds. And so the Lord says, consider something. Verse 26, the fowls of the air, that's the birds of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. But your heavenly Father feedeth the birds. Are you not much better than they? The birds are out flying around making their song. Have you seen many die of starvation? God's taking care of the birds. Verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Then he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they're clothed. Look in verse 28. Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little, what? Faith. Believe him. Trust him consider he feeds the birds of the air that he feeds the lilies of the field that he knows the needs that you have verse 31 therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things that the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things we have young people seeking to make decisions about what God wants for their life and where they're going to go to school and what field of study they will enter into and there is the advice of this world which Need a good education and you need a good uh, you need a good job and you need to make a good income and all of those things where is God in all of those in all of those statements the question should be not what is it that you want to do but what is it that God wants you to do we should not look to the world to prescribe the path for our children we should look to the Lord What greater thing can be done than when they give their lives to him? And he knows the needs that they have. And he's promised to meet those needs. Look at verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So what do we learn here? We know that God knows our needs and he knows how they should best be met. Are we willing to trust him for that? We learned that God cares for us. He cares for our needs. He hears our prayer, and he knows the desires of our heart. He supplies our needs according to his riches in glory, so we are to seek him. So let me ask you a question. What are we seeking as a church? What are you seeking as an individual? What are you seeking in your home? What are you seeking for your marriage? What are you seeking for your children? What is your motive? What is your motive? May God speak to us concerning that. May we be sincere. May we seek him supremely above all things. And may we seek him surely. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. I've been thinking in in recent days, what are we we as a church going to do? We have lots of opportunities before us. We have experienced many of God's wonderful blessings. Uh, Our ministry has grown and and numbers of people are uh, coming to our church and to our Christian school. We're grateful for that. Uh, The Lord has led us to purchase a piece of land next door with a building on it. There's a great opportunity over there, isn't there? There's a great opportunity. What does the Lord want done in that place? What's the plan? Well, we want the Lord to reveal the plan, don't we? How will it be revealed when we seek him? When we seek him in prayer, when we ask God to direct us, to lead us, to show us, uh, to supply. And by the way, for, in order for that to happen, people must be willing to give and to sacrifice. Is that right? I think we know very little about sacrifice this day. And we need God to show us, to lead us by his spirit. And so I want to encourage you, This is a truth you've heard before. There's no doubt about that. But it's a truth we need to hear again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. He's going to take care of you. So let's seek him. Young people, graduating seniors, seek him. Don't be afraid. Trust the Lord. He knows what you need. He's got it waiting for you. At home, seek him. Don't seek him in order to get something. Seek him for sincerity's sake because he's worthy. Because if those things are gone, it will reveal your motive. So may God help us. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle,